He's Christian. He's Jimmer. Welcome back to two physical therapists and a bag of cornbread stuff. Crisps. Yeah. I don't know. Welcome to the Thanksgiving special for 2020. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Hope you're celebrating it safe with your immediate family. No traveling. No crazy stuff. Let's get this corona stuff under control, shall we? That's my political message. Just mind-blowing that people sell this. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that later. Yep. Today we're going to talk about the lumbar strain, also known as... Weightlifter's back, also known as lumbago or low back pain or... I went outside in my driveway and picked up the newspaper and my back hurt. Mm-hmm. Or I was brushing my teeth and I couldn't straighten up. Low back pain, that one? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Cool. It's really uh, any sort of what we would call mechanical mechanism of irritation. So you have an injury to your muscle, your tendon, or your ligament in the low back. No ridiculous symptoms. You strained it. My back went out. Yes. That's I pulled my back. Absolutely. All appropriate. I think the weightlifter's back component, really nobody ever uses that. I don't know why it pops up in places. Maybe that's before uh, weightlifters got smart and started using belts. That's how they hurt themselves. Yeah. I mean, the belts help with the Valsalva maneuver, not really with the protection of the back. Shh. Yes, it does. No? Okay. I mean, it increases intra-abdominal pressure, but that's a whole other story. You mean I bought one for a nut? Uh, maybe you look cool. I don't know. I don't look cool in the gym. <laughs> Maybe you look good. Uh, who knows? It's hard to know. No. Anyway, signs and symptoms. Low back pain, spasming, sore to touch. I mean, those are your main three, which is, again, just any kind of low back pain. Really. Or that radicular symptoms or neurological symptoms. Yep. Yep. So, in my studies, came across a pretty interesting meta-analysis. Ooh. A group of Downey, Hancock, Butch Binder, et al., how common is imaging for low back pain in primary and emergency care? Systemic review and meta-analysis of over 4 million imaging requests across 21 years. Whoa. So, pretty bulky. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty good group, I pretty, would say. Pretty bulky. So, one in four people got imaging at primary care for low back pain. One in three got it at the emergency room. And the rate of imaging has increased over this 21-year period. So since 1990, I think, 8 is when they started the data, up until uh, basically 2020, we're seeing just an increase in imaging, despite guidelines, education, and current best practices suggesting that that's not necessary. Yeah, we've talked about that before, right? This came out of the British Journal of Sports Medicine, so it was looking predominantly within the British healthcare system, which is... As we all know, socialist. Don't get political now, Christian. So they, uh, their incentive is obviously to do even less imaging to reduce costs, especially when it's not warranted. So this, you know, the question of imaging is, is interesting, right? We see a, a fair amount of imaging here, definitely well before a lot of people begin uh, with the less expensive treatment options. Yeah, like physical therapy. Things like physical therapy, for instance. I mean, low back pain is, is really common. I mean, upwards of 80 to 100% of you will deal with low back pain at some point in your life. 
And it's got to be closer to 100%. Yeah, I would go and say it's probably well over 100%. Yep. I mean, everybody has it realistically at some point in time. And most people probably recognize it and reduce the activity that's bugging it, and it kind of goes away on its own. But for those of us who end up with enough low back pain that it's worth looking into, it's probably worth coming to a, a physical therapist or, or somebody who's going to actually work with you as opposed to just medicate you and image you and tell you, oh, look at your image. There's something terribly awful going on there. You need surgery or, you know, that's worst case scenario. But. I'm going to do this thing one more time, okay? I've done, I've done it before, but uh -oh. I want to do it one more time. Here comes okay? the soapbox. Here comes the soapbox. Why would you go to somebody who spends less than five minutes examining your back and then prescribes medication and says you need to go get an x-ray or an MRI. Why wouldn't you go to somebody who spends 45 minutes examining your back, trying to figure out what structure is causing the problem, doing a 10-minute subjective intake, asking you what kind of activities you perform? I mean, you stop right there. Doesn't that make more sense, though? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather go to somebody, if you're going to spend your copay or your money, wouldn't you rather go to somebody who spends a little bit of time and energy and, and, and whose primary objective is to assess what the cause of your problem is. It, it, it call me stupid, but it makes sense to me. I wouldn't go as stupid, but crazy maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, but it, bring, I mean, it brings up the point. I mean, how many people are going to go to their primary care and they're not even going to put a hand on you? I mean, they're going to come in, you're going to say, my low back hurts. They're going to say, here's a prescription, go get imaging, you know, come back in two weeks if you're not feeling any better. You've really and, done a lot of nothing there. And if you are a primary care physician, uh, but more likely a DO than an MD, but if you are a primary care physician and, and you do not do this, I apologize for grouping you in with the majority of you who, who will not do that. And I'm not faulting you. It's not because you don't want to. It's because you don't have the time or maybe you don't have the skill set to do a thorough lower back evaluation. That's not your fault. That's our job. And so we need to get rid of this stigma that when something's wrong with me, I need to go see my primary care doctor first. Why don't you go see your local physical therapist, somebody who is trained in how to assess this properly? There's a, there's a lot of research on this. It says something close to 40% uh, of people who go to see their primary care for, for low back pain actually get referred to someone who will treat low back pain. So whether that's physical therapy or whether that's chiropractic or massage or acupuncture or some sort of treatment versus uh, additional assessment or medication, uh, which is a pretty low percentage. And that, you know, that disperses over those all those different mediums. So, you know, if 10% come to PT and 10% go to chiropractic and 10% go to acupuncture, you know, there's you're not seeing a huge number of individuals who have mechanical low back pain end up in a, in a physical therapy setting directly through uh, through the healthcare system. And so that's an area that can definitely be expanded upon. And again, it, it, it's odd because, uh, and I'm not dishing any of the other ancillary treatment facilities or providers, the PT is the one who does the 45 minute assessment, not your acupuncturist. No. Not your, and that's not saying acupuncture is not gonna help. It's going to help the symptoms. Massage is going to help the symptoms. If you want to find out what the cause is, you go to somebody with a mechanical background 
who understands how the process works. All right, I'm stepping off my soapbox right now and I'm grabbing a gulp of water and I'm gonna leave Christian to it. About 70% of all of these injuries can be attributed to just a, a small set of muscles actually. So quadratus umborum, which is a, a muscle kind of on the side of the low back, multifidus, which is a small muscle that runs uh, on the, you know, near the spine. Then you have glute med, which is a, a buttocks muscle, glute max, which is the big buttocks muscle, and then piriformis, which is another buttocks muscle. And these will tend to refer into the low back and cause low back pain as a referral, uh, which is non-nerve related, I guess, in some, some senses. It's, you feel like your back hurts and you rub your back and it doesn't hurt, but your butt hurts. So the piriformis came up yesterday while I was watching the Auburn-Tennessee game. Oh, did it? Yeah, the Auburn running back, Tank Bixby. It's oh, a great it's name. It's a great name. For a running back. I'm renamed. He got slammed kid. to the ground, landed on his hip, and the announcer went, I don't know much about anatomy, but it looks like he hurt his piriformis. I'm not even going to try to spell it, he said. It's a bold statement, sir. That was pretty good. Anyway. Yeah, the piriformis, I think it's uh, a lot of credit. There's a group of external rotators there that's about seven muscles. The piriformis is the most famous of them, and basically any time one of those is irritated or bothered, it gets attributed to the piriformis, which is fine. But there's a, you know, there's probably 30% of low back my, my pain. My mom's calling. Oh, we'll say hi. About 30% of uh, kind of other muscles will be involved back there. So that can be your paraspinals, that can be uh, rotatories, that can be uh, iliopsoas as well. Uh, I mean, plenty of other things in there. Uh, causes, I mean, overuse is really high on the list. Uh, sudden onset or trauma, any kind of sports injury, sure, lifting weights can certainly be one of them. Uh, jumping, landing awkwardly, slips and falls, uh, picking something up. I mean, a lot of the times it's not even the heavy thing that bothers people. Like Jimmer mentioned, you got to pick up your really heavy newspaper and then you can't stand all the way back up again. And that's the proverbial, you know, straw that broke the camel's back. And in most cases, what's happening there is if your back's a little irritated and you got to pick up something heavy, you're going to try to guard it and protect it. And if your back's a little irritated and you're not really thinking about it, you got to pick something up. That's, that's relatively light, suddenly you're doing it all wrong and that's all it takes to really kind of jump that situation from uncomfortable to, to significantly limiting. Did, did we do a, a podcast on the piriformis yet? I don't think we have. Maybe we'll we have should. To, we'll to you know why the piriformis is so popular? Because it has a nerve close to it? Because no. somebody named it. I don't know. No. SI yeah. dysfunction. SI. There you go. You know, for a while that was all we did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, your back hurts. SI dysfunction. you got a left on left. Oh, yeah, Ooh, yeah. right performance. Forward, down. Right performance rotate. passing. Yeah, absolutely. We yeah. should do a podcast on that. Yeah, let's do that. And I don't have to get on another soapbox now. No. <laughs> so there's a, there's a few common factors that, that are attributed to mechanical low back. Um, pelvic position is, is in some ways a combination of all these things. Um, sometimes it's referred to as like a, like a sway back or increased lumbar lordosis or an anterior, anterior pelvic tilt. Sometimes people will always talk about tight hamstrings. Uh, tight hamstrings is a chicken or egg situation. Is that a cause or an effect of? Uh, there's always some sort of weakness taking place, whether that's abdominal, whether that's in the, in the hips, glutes area, whether that's specifically related to the muscle that's, that's, that's you know, causing your pain. Uh, I mean, more often than not, the, there's, there's poor control or what we call neuromuscular kind of education there. 
And so the sequencing and the activation pattern is, is not functioning as it should, which results in a system that, that doesn't work correctly and thus doesn't feel very good. When we treat these things, I mean, one of the best treatments for low back pain is, is walking. I mean, if it's, if it's truly a mechanical low back pain and it's related to muscle, walking will do a great job in terms of cyclically activating that group of muscles on and off and on and off in a typical comfortable movement pattern. Most people feel better with walking than they, than they will sitting or, or, or standing around. Um, obviously, yeah, if you, I'm going to just jump in real yeah. quick. If you're spasming really bad, try using poles. So if you don't have walking poles or hiking poles, you can use ski poles. Um, but that will kind of help unload your back. So if you're spasming really bad and you're not able to actually walk, try that and you'll feel better in five minutes. Guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, strengthening, always a huge component. That, that may come a little bit later. Um, certainly, we always work on abdominal wall activation, the glutes. Again, anything that stands out as being particularly weak. Um, a lot of the times people say, I have a weak back. Uh, it's usually more of an overuse issue in those cases. You just use your back a lot and so it wears out because you don't have quite the correct activation or sequencing going on there. Short duration stretching can be, can be comfortable. Short duration being like 10 to 20 seconds, just enough to kind of break the spasm, but not so much that you irritate that group of muscles and, and cause it to spasm even harder. So a lot of the times just a very brief stretch here or there can certainly be beneficial. Uh, other things, you know, in the short term that can be symptom reducing, ice heat, NSAIDs, so medications that are, that are comfortable. CBD oil. Sure, all that kind of stuff. Our big takeaway points really today are if you have a, a pretty good idea where your injury occurred, you, you don't need imaging. You know, if, 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 if you have low back pain for the first time and it's never happened before, um, you know, there's probably nothing significant that's happened. If you get hit by a car, by all means, get some imaging. <laughs> that would that would not fall under the low back strain. No, no, no diagnosis, right? Um, so, but if you slip on ice and you you tweak your back, you know, chances are you're not going to need imaging to tell you that that you irritated a muscle or or a little bit of a ligament or a tendon back there. Um, there's a there's a pretty high likelihood that that if we start looking in your low back, we're gonna find something that's quote unquote wrong. And uh, you know, that's a whole area that you probably don't even wanna go down. If you're you know, a 40 year old who's never had an injury to their back and you wake up with a sore back one morning, you're not gonna think, you know, I've got a disc herniation, I've got a stenosis, a scoliosis, any of these things. They may be there, but, but that's not what's causing your pain that day. Uh, if there's pain that's going down into your leg, that's more indicative of, of ridiculous stuff, and, and that's more of a higher level uh, injury, and that's something that we would then look at more specific to that. And that may warrant imaging at, a, at an earlier time frame. Can I jump in again? Yeah. Sorry. Um, so I'm going to give you an example of, of a patient of mine that I've seen off and on over the years. She's in her early 80s, extremely active. Um, when, when we had the really bad cold snap or, or cold spell, um, Early in the year, she decided that she wanted to rescue one of her plants and picked up the pot to carry it inside, heard a loud pop, and her back hurt. She called me and asked if she needed to go and get imaging done. And I said, why don't you come on in here and we'll take a look at it. So she came in, she described the, the symptoms, she described the mechanics of what happened. And at that point in time, since she is 
past a certain age and has a history of osteopenia, I decided that maybe an x-ray was warranted. Um, we got some of her spasming under control, so her pain was a little bit better. She went in and had an x-ray done, and it showed that she had a compression fracture. Now, doing it in that sequence did not change the outcome or did not change her treatment at all. Had she gone to the primary care physician, he would have ordered an x-ray, put her on medication, and she would not have come in and had the rest of the assessment done. Doing the imaging does not change anything about her treatment. It just confirms. So if we believe that imaging is warranted, we will absolutely send you to get an image done. But in this case, it, it, was, it was just to confirm what we thought had happened, but it didn't change her treatment plan at all. So, yeah. And that's, you know, a fairly common story. I mean, most individuals aren't going to end up with a compression fracture, especially if they don't have a history of osteopenia or osteoporosis. Uh, and most, you know, popping in your back is something that, that people will do on their own all the time. And so if something pops, it doesn't necessarily mean anything's wrong. It, it's usually a case of, you know, there's an air bubble in there and that air bubble popped. I mean, that's probably most of it most of the time. Are there cases where that's not the case? Absolutely. But that's a smaller percentage, a much smaller percentage. Um, if you're sitting at home and you've got back pain right now, start moving. If, if you've stopped moving, you know, try to try to move as much as is tolerable. Uh, the more you move, the more comfortable you're going to end up being. Uh, if you have uh, pain down in your in your calf or your quad, um, don't stop doing everything. Do do what you can. Do as much as you can, and and a lot of the times, just moving and getting back to to kind of being slightly active is enough to help reduce your symptoms a, a fair bit. So, um, you know, even if your back hurts, try not to be too inactive. That's all. Yes, I, I concur. Yeah, and we can go bring up the the, the study again that we brought up before with. The, low back pain, how um, how imaging will find everything. Yeah, or that, that you know, bed rest versus oh, pain sure. medication versus muscle relaxers versus physical therapy, chiropractic versus just moving around, and they all have the same result. Um, so moving around is probably the best, safest, quickest, cheapest line of defense you have. So yep. I would start there. Start there. Trivia time. How many black keys are there on a traditional piano? So a traditional panel has 88 keys, 36 of which are black, 52 are white. It is a 9 to 13 ratio. Can't believe TJ got that right. He must have been forced to do piano. Maybe. So TJ on top of the ball again. Kunk, also well done. Tony technically got it right, but he also kind of gave a very broad answer. He said more than one and less than one million. So it's not wrong, but it's certainly not... That's not the correct answer. Certainly not what we were looking for. We were specifically looking for one figure, Tony, not infinite amount of figures. We did limit it to a million. Okay, so not one million numbers, figures. This week's question, so from geology, how long is an eon? <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Tony, you can't say less than a million, more than one millimeter. It's not. It's not a distance. It's a. It's a. It's a time frame. I'll give you that. Right. Less than a light year. It's obviously more than one day. Because it's an eon. It's an eon. Yeah. So you have an hour, a day, a week, a month, an eon. Somewhere in that realm. Some somewhere somewhere. There's some other stuff that comes before that, but somewhere. <laughs> yeah. 
sort of chip time here. Yeah, I don't know. Trader Joe's cornbread crisps. I just had a good cup of coffee. It's gonna totally happy ruin Thanksgiving, that. everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Hopefully, you're Be all safe. enjoying some delightful mealing. Everybody, uh... yeah. They're crackers. They're not crisps. They're mealy. They're not very good. So, they need like uh, dip or salami or cheese. And so, if if you make a crisp and all it is is a vehicle for cheese or meat or whatever that's called. Um, Charcuterie? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, then you're wasting my day. Mm. I'm not even going to try a second one. This no, is awful. These are, they're stuck on my teeth. I don't um, like them. They're kind of sweet. I'm not getting a lot of salt, honestly. They're kind of, they taste like cornbread-ish. I mean, they got the flavor, I guess, a little bit. We had a discussion earlier what the point of cornbread is. I think it's because the U.S. makes so much corn, they don't know what to do with it. So they invented cornbread, which is not good. Good, good cornbread is really good. Yeah. But most of it falls short and ends up not being very good. This is that's, not. That's all I got to say on cornbread. This is not good. I'm going two thumbs down. Um, I'm going three. Giving it the full three. There, there's, there's no way this is. Uh, again, if you need a, uh, you could buy like wheat thins or whatever else. Those are there? much better. Yeah. Um, these have no flavor. Uh, that ain't gummy. Teeth. Yeah. Well, gosh darn it. Now I'm going to need another cup of coffee. Chip to air ratio, not good. 30%. Very dense bottom of the bottom of the bag type of chip here. Yeah. Trader Joe's. <clears throat> they they do come in highs and lows. Trader Joe's have some amazing stuff. And yeah. uh, this is not in that category. So No, unfortunately, this one's out. Well, thank you for listening today. Happy Thanksgiving again, everyone. Please enjoy and be safe. Next week, we're going to go over the Bunyan. Oh, that's great. Not Paul Bunyan. No, that's no, a, no, that's, this no, is that's a different, different guy. Bunyan. That's a different guy. And then uh, we're going to review the kettle pepperoncini. I don't even know how to say it. Pepperoncini. Pepperoncini. Which is a little pepper. Yeah. And then uh, we'll also tell you a little bit more about Sinterklaas, which is... <laughs> this is going to be good. Going on. <laughs> If you like today's episode, please tell your friends, follow, review, subscribe. We're going to post stuff on Instagram and Twitter th throughout the week, so give us a look-see on there. If you need more information about rebound therapy, check out the website, reboundclinic.com. Off you go. He's Jim, or I'm Christian. Thanks for listening.